Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues a message entitled, What Does It Take to Change a Nation? His scripture text is taken from the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18, Verse 21. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick read from that text to illustrate from the Word of God a nation that had drifted far away from God. Then he taught us the first two of four key words that we need to know about to see a move of God in our day. On this broadcast, he teaches us the other two and then tells us the story of how God changed his workplace in an unusual way. And now, here's Brother Rick. Brother Rick, I'm afraid to get desperate because I'm afraid it'll bring on opposition. Oh, honey, it will. Confrontation always follows desperation. There'll be people that think you're all weird. You know, I'm getting a time in my life when I'm tired of trying to impress people I don't even like. Are you hearing me? I'm too old to try to build a reputation. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Confrontation. This is what Elijah's talking about. Who you going to serve? Better side up. You better recognize. Look at your neighbor and say, you better recognize whose side you're on. So there comes a confrontation. It's called a showdown. at sundown. Elijah says, gather them up, boys. Let's go to the mountain. We're going to find out who's God. Confrontation. People's opinion varies based on their level of the fear of the Lord. If they don't have a fear of the Lord, they will quickly join the opposing side. But if you fear the Lord, and he gathers them up on top of the mountain, invites all of them to come, and a confrontation comes. Now they go through this rigmarole all day long, cutting themselves, screaming, and he gets to making fun of them. That's why. Maybe your God's gone on vacation. Maybe he's in the restroom. We don't know where he is. Where's your God? Where's your God? Produce. Show me where your God is. They can't show him. They tear up Jack all day long. Nothing happens. But then when confrontation ends there, he says, now wait a minute. I've got to do some preparation. And he begins to build the altars that have been torn down. Listen to me. When confrontation comes, it's not a time for us to argue. It's a time then to put up or shut up. You hear me? It's a time then you really show what you got or what you said you had. And he begins to prepare the altar. And he takes 12 barrels of water. After he sacrificed, lays that sacrifice up there. 12 barrels of water. Can you imagine how these people are feeling? They don't have no water, you know. They had no water for three years. <laughs> water is like gold now. And he's pouring it out on the ground. on See, he's taking what's of value and giving it to God, who is the only one that can change. <laughs> oh, you ain't hearing me. Listen, we want to give God leftovers. He said, hey, I'll take 12 barrels of water that everybody's wanting a drink of, and I'll pour it out on the ground as a drink offering before the Lord. And I'll prepare because he's fixing to show up, and when he shows up, we ain't going to be out of anything we need right now. We ain't going to have any problem soon as he shows up. He pours 12 barrels of water over the sacrifice. They're sitting there ready to kill him. And preparation brings demonstration. 
Listen to what I'm telling you. We use words in the Pentecostal church and we don't even know what they mean. We don't have to know what they mean to use them. We say, boy, we had a demonstration, a real manifestation. You know, God did miracles, signs, and wonders, and we don't even realize all them words are different. You might as well look them up sometime. They're in Hebrews chapter 2. You'll find out that the word demonstration in the Greek is the word appendexis. It means an exhibition of the power of God for the purpose of evangelism. Listen, we're praying for a demonstration of God, and we don't even know when he shows up. We enter into worship, and he's there to save people that are lost. And he has a demonstration of the Holy Ghost takes place on that mountain, and that comes down and licks up the sacrifice, the water, and everything. You know what happens after then? That demonstration proves the validation of his existence as a prophet and God's place as the leader of their country. Amen. How many of you know we need a demonstration of God? We need a demonstration of God. The fire falls. Now, I'm going to have to tell you something. Even after a demonstration, they had church on the mountain, but Jezebel was still on the throne. You better understand something. What happens inside the church house ain't going to change. What happens inside the courthouse? Are you hearing me? We're going to have to have more. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to have to have more. See, after a demonstration, he goes and bows himself in a position of birthing. Did you know that? And he enters into supplication. See, most of the time, church, what we do is we pray until there's a demonstration. We think, well, that's it. God showed up last night, children. We quit praying. Because our needs have been met. That's what's about, it, isn't it? My needs been met. <laughs> See, there's still a lot of thirsty people around us. <laughs> They're suffering from a drought in a family. And we come in and out of church every week with our cup singing, Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. We take us a big drink and we go home. <laughs> While our nation is in the cloud. What's it going to take to change a nation? He begins to pray and he tells his servant, go out and see if there's any change. No change. No change. Finally, he says, I see a cloud by the size of a man's hand. He said, we better hustle. It's coming. It's coming. See, once we have the demonstration, the demonstration is to prepare us to realize the vision. It's to prepare us and it's to save those that see the demonstration. But it's got to move from a demonstration, appendexis, to a manifestation. And that word is phanerosis in the Greek. And it means the expression of God himself as he unlayers himself before you. It ain't about just seeing a demonstration. We need a demonstration. That results in a manifestation. Are you hearing me? Where God shows up to show who he is. 
manifestation. There's a downpouring rain. There's rejoicing in Israel. The only problem is Jezebel is still ruling. How are we going to get her out? <laughs> it troubles Elijah so much that he gets up with prophet, discouraged prophet syndrome. He's had a big day. I always tell every pastor, don't resign on Monday. Don't even resign on Tuesday till you've had at least two cups of coffee. How many of you know, no matter how good it goes on Sunday, Monday's coming. Look at your neighbor and say, Monday's coming. <laughs> They've had quite a service. Fire fell, licked up everything. Rain come, everybody got wet. What are we going to do with Jezebel? Because how many of you know it don't change till it changes all the way? The next day after his dynamic service, he's suicidal. I've been there. And Lord Jesus, I woke up on Monday morning and said, Lord, did you move yesterday or was that last year? Because this morning it don't feel like yesterday. And see people leave here every week. And they go back into a world they see is spinning out of control. We got to have something that goes from Sunday to Sunday. And not just between. Or not just Sunday to Sunday, but between. We need God to be God on Monday. We need him moving in the marketplace. We need him moving on the job. That's, that's a move of God. Boy, I remember in the mid-80s. I was minding my own business. I was a forklift driver at Fisher-Price Toy Company. Our work was child's play. I was a forklift driver. God began to stir my heart in 1984. I call it the sugar years of my experience with God. Man, he was so rich. He was so sweet. You ever have him times with the Lord? I mean to tell you, it felt like it. I was just rolling around in molasses. I never had such a sweet time with Jesus. They hired a woman at Fisher Price that was so vulgar. I couldn't even go in and have a cup of coffee anymore. She run everybody out the house. I'm telling you, this woman knew how to cuss. You hear me? She knew words I ain't even heard. Vulgar. So I'd run in early. See, I was in the sugar years. Yeah, but you know, I ain't gonna fool with all them, especially since she come. I'm just gonna run and get my coffee and go back, bask. In the presence of Jesus. I just opened my eyes because it got real quiet. I thought y'all went home in that little. <laughs> and one day I was slow. I know it's going to be hard for you, but. I went in, I got my cup of coffee, and I was getting my coffee, and I thought I'll get out of here before she gets here. And she said, Hey, Rick Clendenin. I thought, uh-oh. She said, I got a question to ask you. I had no idea. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be good. But I didn't know how it was going to be. She's, I said, what? She said, I want to know, do you speak in other tongues? And I'm like, first of all, how did you hear about it? 
Because I know there ain't nobody in your world. And I had a decision. Was I going to be a closet Christian? Was I going to mumble something another like, Mama, yeah, I've heard of that. I'll see y'all. Y'all have a... Listen, you can't hide. I thought, how am I going to answer this? I was wearing out James 1.5. Any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of me. I was burning it up. Lord, give me an answer. And so I got my coffee. And before I turned around to face them all, I said, yes, Anna, I do. And other than being saved, it's the most wonderful experience I ever had in my life. And when I turned around, they could have filmed it as an E.F. Hutton commercial. Every one of them was lean forward. What? I repeated myself, and one of the guys took his foot and pushed out a chair and said, You're staying today. Sit down. And I sat down. And they started rapid firing questions at me. No mockery, no ridicule. They started rapid firing questions. And I'm praying James 1 5, and I'm pouring it in. Breaks over. The boss calls us out there because everybody is starving to death for a real move of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.